0: Howdy Perry sisters and allies, Beth, Annie, Nat, and future guests are here to talk about how perimenopause is affecting our lives. We have more than likely been boozing, so if you're easily offended or you're looking for serious medical advice, you should see yourself out right now. What's behind these fits of rage? Decreased libido and dry vag stage. Why can't I focus on this fucking page? It's perimenopause. Yes, it's Perry. Yes, it's Perry. Must be Perry menopause. Welcome to Beth and Annie's Perry Podcast, featuring me, Beth,
1: Annie. Say hi, Annie. Hi. And our friend Nat. Hey. <laughs> um, so I am 44 years old and currently enduring perimenopause, which started for me at the age of. 38. Uh, Annie, do you want to tell us why you're here?
2: Yeah. I also started perimenopause at the age of 38. Uh, now I'm 42. So I've had four years of experience. Um, yeah, but I didn't understand what I was going through at the time until I talked to you. So very
0: grateful
1: Spread uh-huh. the word. Uh, Nat, do you want to talk about why you're here? Because I do, do want to a, talk a dude? about it. Yeah. Okay.
3: I do. I do yeah. I do <laughs> want to talk about it. The reasons I'm here are twofold, Beth. The first one I would say is that I have a little bit of podcast know-how and so I was an obvious choice for you to help out with this endeavor but the other reason I'm here is because this is all pretty new to me I mean I'm married to a woman that's roughly your age and I didn't even know this was a thing until you started talking to me about it Our, our daughters are friends so that's how Beth and I know each other and I couldn't believe some of the stuff you were telling me and so I'm here to help you with this project But I'm also here to learn a ton, and hopefully that'll lead to me maybe being a little more sympathetic with my wife and some of the stuff she's going through. By the way, she's told me I'm not allowed to name anything specific about her. So I'm going to speak in very general terms. But thanks for having me. I really appreciate getting to be here. Well, of
1: course, this is fun. We're going to have a good time. So in this first episode, what we want to do is uncover what perimenopause is, and then future episodes will focus on each of the symptoms that women have to endure during perimenopause.
3: All right. So Annie, Beth, uh, I've got one. Well, I got a lot of questions actually, but we're going to start with the first one. It's the most obvious one, which is how did you know that you were experiencing or in perimenopause? We, you told us you were 38, each of you, when this started for you. But what was the first thing that tipped you off?
1: So I started to experience some weight gain, some hair loss increased irritability. So I went to my endocrinologist because I have um, hypothyroidism thinking that we needed to adjust my medication. He ran all the blood work. It came back normal. um, And he said, it's not your thyroid. It's probably your age. I said, fantastic. So I went to my PCP and asked her about what I might be experiencing. And she said, you know, it could be what's called perimenopause. We can run blood work to test your estrogen levels that she said, even if they come back normal, that doesn't mean that you aren't experiencing these symptoms.
3: So you got to hear first that this was just because of how old you were.
1: Basically, yeah. Like this is a stage in your life.
3: Everyone loves hearing that. I know that. All right, Annie, how about you?
1: For me, it was the weight gain
2: right around my belly area. So it kind of looks like a fanny pack or a marsupial pouch. And it didn't matter. What I did, I could not get rid of it. And so if I tried to run extra or eat healthier, it didn't matter. It was just like sticky glue stuck to my belly area. And then I developed dark patches. I don't know if you can see them. Right through here, melasma, Mm -hmm. especially in the summer. So I call it my summer mustache. Hmm. So just darkening of the skin, extra belly pouch. I was losing hair and I could tell in the shower. No, and I would pull it back and I would stick it to the tile and then there'd be just so much of it. And then I thought I was going crazy because I was having very bizarre thoughts, lots of rage, some homicidal thoughts, you know, it was kind of scary and I didn't know what was going on. And then Beth said, I think it's very Mm menopause.
3: That make you feel better or worse?
2: It made me feel a lot better. I mean, it's age related, which can be hard. I think it's hard to be a woman in the 21st century in America, aging, but then it validated, okay, I'm not going crazy. Other people do experience this. So we'll kind of normalized it a little
1: bit. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and then she and Annie and I would talk on the phone a lot, and then talk about how we had been talking to our other friends who were about our age and also having some of these symptoms. So we're all experiencing them, but we've Annie and I were like, "There's no information, or not a lot of information out there about perimenopause." There's information about puberty and pregnancy and childbirth, and then menopause but there's this black hole of information about perimenopause. So then she and I started to throw around ideas like, oh, we should write a blog or a blog or maybe do a podcast. And then that's, you know, when I became friends with Nat and he was like, oh, I can do podcasts. So, and he hadn't done one on perimenopause. So it just, I know sense, surprisingly I've right? not
3: checked that box off the yeah. resume. yet. Yeah.
1: Well, now you can. So the goal of our podcast is to educate the public, validate and support normalize it and to you know have some fun while we do it
0: it's 3 a.m and i cannot sleep i'm tired and hot and trying not to weep why did he buy that fucking jeep it's perimenopause
3: yeah i mean you are really right when you say there i mean I, i felt kind of stupid when you first started talking to me about this and i didn't know anything about it but the more I've kind of poked around, it seems like most people don't know anything about huh. it. It seems like this is one of those issues that I'm equally as ignorant as every other guy and maybe a lot of women too, yeah. actually. It seems like, I don't know, is, you think there's a stigma about talking about it? I mean, there must be to some degree or else I feel like it would be out there. We've Googled it and we've found a few things. We found a few people that are talking about it, but it's not a lot of examples, right?
1: Uh, no, there aren't. I think we'll talk about that more like as we talk about lots of the symptoms there are different theories as to why that's happening my personal theory is that we're the the sandwich generation so we're taking care of our kids and we're taking some of us maybe care of our older parents and so we end working full-time and you know doing all this other stuff so we just sort of plod along and don't really talk about these symptoms and just assume like oh this is just part of like aging Um, I'm just gonna tolerate it and keep going.
3: What do you think, Annie?
1: I agree. I think we're very reluctant to talk
2: about any kind of weakness or vulnerability or ask for help. And so breaking it down into all these issues that we're experiencing kind of suggests that, okay, we, we might not have it all together. We might need to ask for help. That's hard. I think, especially for a woman in her forties to do because yeah, like Beth said, we kind of feel like we're hauling the train most of the time. So we don't have time to stop and analyze what's going on with ourselves.
3: Do you remember when drugs came out to help men with erectile dysfunction like 20 years ago, maybe 25 years ago, they're just the commercials were playing 24 seven was like, Oh, here's like a male problem that some guys might experience a little later in life. Let's throw $50 billion at it, splash it everywhere and talk about it like crazy. I'm not necessarily comparing the two things from what I've heard from the two of you. Perimenopause sounds a lot more volatile and worse not downplaying how bad ED might be for some of these fellows. It just seems like a real weird double standard to me.
0: <laughs>
1: Absolutely. There's actually a 2019 NBC News article by Kara Balanek, and she references this skit that was done by the Baroness Von Sketch Show out of Canada, um, where this woman and the important people in her life, like her best friends and her mom, aren't sure if she's in perimenopause she's like i'm having this hot flash but is it perimenopause i don't know is it perimenopause so finally at the end of the skit she goes to see her doctor and she's like is it perimenopause and he looks at her and says i don't know um so according to uh menopause the journal of the north american menopause society there's actually uh, mounting body of studies on menopause but very little research ever conducted on perimenopause. So even in like the professional realm of OBGYN, there's knowledge gaps in perimenopause.
0: That, that
3: journal you referred to, obviously the gold standard of yes. information in this particular field, <laughs> I would assume.
0: I,
1: I think so.
3: <laughs> All right. Uh, we're getting right into it. Also, as an aside, do you remember uh, in those ED commercials, do you remember Bob Dole was a spokesperson for them? Of course. And one yeah. of the grossest things that I've ever had to think about <laughs> in my life. We can. I'm sure that if we put stuff like this out for perimenopause at some point, we can come up with a far more appealing spokeswoman.
1: Hillary Clinton? Here's
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, my vote.
3: I guess she's more appealing than Bob Dole. I don't she know. Might be a menopause I woman. feel like we can do better. I feel like we can do better. <laughs> all who's
1: right going, who's enduring it right now yep yeah if anybody's
3: right. listening right now and you want to email in potential who would be the best perimenopause spokeswoman for this moving forward we'd love to hear from you
0: turn marsupial overnight that pouch down there gave me a fright why are my pants so fucking tight it's perimenopause yep. all
3: right let's get into this real quick i got some questions for you ladies yes. what Perimenopause, we've talked about that a little bit, but I'd love you to elaborate. And how is it different than menopause is one of the things that I am really interested in because I knew what menopause was. It's just when you started throwing the peri in front of it, (laughs) I lack knowledge on the issue. So what is perimenopause? How is it different from menopause?
1: Yep. Okay. So perimenopause, peri essentially means like transitioning or changing into something. So it's the stage before, like as we're transitioning into menopause. There's also a term that's called pre-menopause, which essentially includes the time from when you start your first period until you're officially in menopause. So there's premenopause, which some people might get confused with perimenopause. Um so the premenopause encompasses a much longer amount of time. Whereas
3: that's like the childbirthing years, basically, right? Yeah, I mean,
1: like all of it, like child right. like puberty, childbirth post-childbirth may still be fertile some months, but others not until you're officially in menopause. And then the um, official definition, you know, like you're officially in menopause when you have not had a period for one full year. So medically, that's what they say. Like if you haven't had a period for a full year, then you are officially in menopause. So this definition comes from the North American menopause society. I was reading also like the John Hopkins website and I don't know. I feel like a man wrote the article, but it said that menopause is or perimenopause is when your ovaries gradually stop working. So I, for whatever reason that terminology or phrase just did not sit well with me. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to, like they're not working. Your body is broken. <laughs> you don't work anymore. Yeah. Your fault. Yep. Yep. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. What are the most common symptoms of perimenopause? This is the thing that really got me interested because, based on the list you read to me, there is an awful lot there. I mean, it's a wide range of symptoms. Some of them sound terrible, some of them are kind of funny, and then everything in between. And then you read me Annie's list, which is like three times as long as your list, and also had symptoms that ran the gambit completely. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Give me your quick bullet point list. What are the most common symptoms?
1: Okay. So in my research, I focused on like, you know, the top notch medical facilities. So Johns Hopkins, Mayo Clinic, Harvard Medical, went to menopause.org and Penn Medicine, and not all of them had even the same list as one another. So this is like a compilation of the most common, what they cite as the most common symptoms. So changes in mood, sleep disturbances, irregular periods. Hot flashes and night sweats, vaginal atrophy. That's a fun one. Memory function, sexual function, bone loss, headaches, palpitations, breast tenderness, issues with cholesterol, and heavy sweating, which Annie and I can speak to. Right, Annie? Lots of heavy sweating from the vag area specifically. Uh (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So sometimes you have to do something special if you're, you know, like you're going to flop sweat or, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. So So there's a certain,
2: etiquette to it. If I, if I have a choice, I'm going to pick a specific kind of chair to sit in like cloth chair, because that'll conceal the badge sweat. Mm -hmm. And we know like women in their forties know exactly what I'm talking about. Like it's kind of triangular in shape. Sometimes it's a little longer, but it's just like this little strip of sweat on the chair. Um, yeah, the other day I can give you anecdotal evidence. I went to the doctor with my daughter and they only had a plastic chair available. And so I knew, and I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good. This is not going to be good. So I just kind of sat on the, like perched on the tip, but even that wasn't good enough because then when I, I kind of like slide and you turn back, I thought, nope, there it is. And there's a little wet spot. And so you just gradually pull your butt across it to, uh, you know, to dampen it or to erase it. And then I feigned interest in the poster behind me like this to see if I'd gotten it. And I hadn't. And so then there's like a two-step process. And then you can use your like your leg as a wiper to wipe the rest of it off. But I just think there's so much um, like thinking that goes into like where we're going to sit, what we're going to wear. We have to be super mindful about all these little details that I think men don't even realize. It's not
3: that you think men don't realize. I I didn't right. realize any of this until I started talking to you. My favorite part of that story, by far, though, is the feigning interest in the poster behind you. <laughs> what was it was it was it any good
2: uh it was van diesel holding a baby i mean it was it wasn't bad it was okay you
3: yeah. weren't feigning interest I, That was I, you know i get the biceps yeah sure good for you yeah well i'm, I'm sorry you're having to deal with that it seems like a real double whammy here we've got the vag sweating combined with the vag atrophy
0: mm,
3: yeah so that's wonderful
1: yeah huh? yeah we'll talk <laughs> more about what vag atrophy is in a future episode
3: i can't wait <laughs> this is going to be good stuff. So I'm sorry y'all are having to go through this stuff. That's obviously not a completely comprehensive list. I've heard both of you list tons of things that aren't on this uh-huh. list that hopefully we're going to find out if those are legit perimenopause things, or if those are just uh-huh. you personally, anyway, uh, the things that are on this list, you guys check most of these boxes
1: the, for the common ones. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. Ones on the oh list. yeah. 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 I have all of those, maybe with the exception of cholesterol, issues and bone loss. But as you know, as we progress towards menopause, I suspect I will, um, or both of us will experience more of that. Uh, yeah. So I went through the list and like you said, Nat, I gave you my list or showed you my list. And then Annie brought us her list, which was even longer. I went through and counted all of the symptoms. There are 42 symptoms that Annie and I have together. Um, most of those in my research have also been listed in, you know, like medical articles or books on menopause and perimenopause. Uh, so, Annie thought it would be a great idea to break them down into physical symptoms, emotional symptoms, social symptoms, and cognitive symptoms. There are some on there that Annie provided us that are a little uh, more specific. To an individual like uh, Annie's sort of personality changes and her affinity for for jazz music now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can
3: you elaborate on that maybe <laughs> that's on the Simpson list? Yeah. Like
2: and the sudden affinity, like it wasn't even gradual. Um, so I think the concerning part of it was like this is this is my personality is changing. This is not who I am. I've always hated jazz and now I just kind of love it. And you know, even this morning I was listening to it. Really? Yeah. And I've heard, you know, every 15 years, your personality can change. And so it makes me wonder who I'll be in 15 years from now, but
3: yeah, no kidding.
2: Yeah. But that, mm -hmm, I think that was the the biggest concern is what's going to happen that I'm I'm not prepared for. Yeah. And whiskers on the breasts that I, that I was also not prepared for.
3: Whiskers on the breasts.
2: Yeah. That was.
3: That and the affinity for jazz came up like around the same time.
2: Yep. That's probably the two most alarming for me. That's brutal. It is.
3: I'm sorry. I feel like I'm going to be doing like tons of apologizing. Just, <laughs> you don't, have I don't even to know who I'm like. I, mean, I got a lot of problems too. But when you say stuff like this, it makes me think. Well, maybe it's not so bad. Uh, right. I still don't like jazz. So <laughs> it could be worse.
0: My summer mustache is from the sun. Not enough hair left for a bun. Why can't I have any fucking fun? It's perimenopause
3: why is this happening like medically I know none of us are well are you a doctor
1: Beth you are right oh I wish no I'm not I am not I'm, a trained poodle I'm not gonna jump you, through those PhD hoops absolutely not Mm-mm.
3: okay well that's similar to the approach I I've could been have in been every job I've ever had. yeah I'm not gonna jump through that here. right like like okay you can't work here anymore
1: <laughs> <laughs> I could do it I just am not going to
3: oh sure oh yeah we could all do it
1: yeah yeah we're I'm just not gonna. doctors right so,
3: well, I thought you might have been a PhD. I don't no, know.
1: No, I'm not. Mm-mm.
3: All right. I still no. like you.
1: Thanks. All right. I can still evaluate your ear-, ear holes.
3: You say larger than average.
1: <laughs> yep.
3: And for those of you listening at home uh, or anybody that's watching, we're all wearing over ear earphones. So you can't tell, but I'm really jealous of people that those earbud. AirPod things uh, that just stick in their ears. My wife has the perfect ears for them. Beth has the perfect ears for them. They fall out of my ears within a second. If I put them in, they're worthless. And Beth said, in response to that, yeah, I was examining your ears the other day, unbeknownst to me, by the way, uh, and was commenting on how large my ear holes are. So. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I was discreet about the examination. I was just sort of thinking. Oh, I didn't know it. at all. Yeah, I didn't feel no, no, like, oh, feel no wonder. Your holes are here. Any of me
3: out and give me feedback at a later date, just moving <laughs> forward. That's fine. Okay,
1: all right. Why is this happening? Uh, okay. So medically speaking, we enter perimenopause and menopause because of changes in estrogen, primarily estrogen levels, but also a little bit progesterone. So you can have in some months, higher estrogen levels and other months, lower estrogen levels. It depends on the individual too. So some women just gradually lose estrogen, whereas some of us, it's like a roller coaster, uh, which might explain why some months your mood changes aren't as bad as other months. And like some months, your period is like a crime scene. And then other months, it's you know like two days worth of blood. You know, An example is if you have high levels of estrogen, you're going to experience more um, severe symptoms of PMS or PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. If you have low levels of estrogen, you're going to experience hot flashes and night sweats.
3: All right. Well, how long does all this last? <laughs> I know what you're going to say. And I'm so I'm throwing you a softball. Yeah. Terrifying.
1: Mm-hmm. In all the research I've done, even the experts don't really agree on a range. But based on what I read, it can last anywhere from, you know, like two months. Lucky, oh, two slightly closer. over a decade. Uh-huh. Yep. The De- average onset of perimenopause, everything just said in your forties, some people can start earlier. Some people can start later. Uh, our mom was 35. She said when she started perimenopause and then experienced some like irregular heavy bleeding all month long. So her OBGYN put her on a birth control pill, which she was on until essentially she was 50 and then they said, you know, it's probably time to go off of it. And then she was in menopause. So that's a solid 15 years of, yeah.
3: 15 years. Uh That that is no joke for what you're describing. Again, I'm I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Sometimes it can occur earlier if you're a smoker or like Annie and I, if you have a family history, you might not experience it at all if you have what's called induced menopause, which can be due to cancer treatment or a removal of your ovaries. Mm. Uh-huh.
3: I was going to say, you should go for that, except that doesn't seem like great reasons. Yeah, no. You might
1: want to. <laughs> oh, believe me. I, I remember um, I used to have horrible cramping uh, during the periods in high school, and I asked my mom, at what age are you allowed to get a hysterectomy? because this sucks.
3: Because your ovaries stopped working?
0: (laughs) Right, basically, yeah.
1: That's
3: what some man at Johns Hopkins said anyway.
0: (laughs) My boobs are tender and feeling full. I'm late and scared and irritable. Why is he suspicious? There's no other bull. It's perimenopause.
3: So how's this diagnosed? Or is it just like a crapshoot?
1: Generally, I mean, if generally people, women go to the doctor if they're like Annie and I experiencing symptoms that don't seem normal or, or they're really affecting your life. So they can diagnose it with a blood test and they just essentially test your levels of estrogen. But like my PCP said, you know, she said just because your levels are normal, doesn't mean you aren't experiencing these symptoms. So even if you go to the doctor and everything comes back, okay for, you know, normal levels, you might still be having horrible night sweats in the evenings.
3: Is there like a specific time or tipping point or anything like that when you should be worrying about this or consulting or seeing a doctor or is that every woman to her own?
1: If it's impacting your life, you should, you know, you should go to the doctor and the Mayo Clinic website uh, recommends that kind of like with our mom, if you're having really heavy bleeding, which is sort of like post childbirth too. They tell you like, if you're soaking through a tampon or a pad, every, you know, two to three hours, then you need to go see a doctor. If you're bleeding longer than seven days, if you're bleeding between what are supposed to be somewhat regular periods, or if you're having your period less than 21 days apart. So essentially, if you're having more bleeding than what we would think of as normal, you should go see your doctor.
3: Well, you said if your symptoms are, you know, basically getting in the way you live in your life, you should go, and that's probably true with most things. I wanted to know Annie you brought up the word homicidal when describing yourself when this began to rear its ugly head with you was that affecting you living your best life the the homicide
2: It is it's really scary cuz it was unpredictable During periods usually I could predict like 3 days leading up I was going to be really irritable and so I would knew I knew to like quarantine myself or just kind of lay low but I call them rage demons and they just surface at the most unexpected of times. And so it's really scary. And then I have these horrific thoughts that I, you know, sometimes I question, am I going crazy? Oh my God. But after talking to, to Beth and then my friends, I realize, okay, no, actually this is, this is pretty consistent and, and if I'm going crazy then we all are. And that's very comforting. Yeah. So when that happens, I just know to go to my room and close the door. And then if anybody comes in, that's kind of on them. So let that be a lesson to any man: if your wife goes upstairs and closes the door, don't follow her.
0: Don't poke the bear. My boobs are sore and I'm full of hate. Nauseous, late, and gaining weight. You whine, why the drugstore on our date? It's perimenopause. There, there was there. There's this guy that we Annie and I
1: know who, on you know one occasion, explained to me how he came home from something or or did his wife come home from something but she was upset and I think he was trying to help but she went in the other room and he followed her there and my immediate reaction was oh no 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 if she leaves you let her leave
3: well he sounds like a very rugged handsome I'm
1: sure he (laughs) is yes (laughs) but it was funny
3: just based on the description of him that you Dave, yeah Yeah. guys can learn not as quickly or as consistently as women but we can learn (laughs) so why is it there more information out there on this
1: well we kind of talked about this before but right yeah so i think it's sort of our stage in life um we talked about the nbc news article and you know how there's really not a whole lot of research happening on perimenopause uh annie i know you had some thoughts about like
2: Yeah, I'm a little bitter and resentful because I do feel like if it was a men's health issue, then it would have been researched and there would be treatment options available.
0: Uh
3: Yeah, I wouldn't be having this problem if this were a men's issue, probably.
1: No, not at all. With this podcast, what we're really hoping to do is let our women listeners and their male allies know that this is all totally normal. It's all perfectly natural, that they are not alone and that we need to have more open conversations about perimenopause.
3: I'm looking forward to this. I mean, I don't know what kind of audience we'll get for it, but I would imagine anybody listening to this would probably be pretty appreciative. You didn't even know what this was when you got it. This is something that literally just about every woman goes through, and it's for some reason, it's not out there. Thank you for coming up with the idea, both of you, and thanks for letting me be a part of it. I'm really looking forward to doing the season. We do have an email address. We do. It is Pod. All one word, all lowercase at gmail.com. I'm going to spell it P-E-R-I-M-E-N-O-P-A-U-S-E-P-O-D at gmail.com. Please send us an email right now. We don't get many emails. So if you send one, (laughs) it's going to get a lot of attention from all three of us. We're all probably going to read it a bunch of times. We'll respond, maybe like handwritten letters. We'll see. (laughs)
1: We'll cut out pieces of newspaper
3: and we'll write you a letter with like cut out pieces of newspaper and magazines. And it'll be like a letter from your uterus. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm holding you captive.
3: Angry uterus. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So episode two, which is going to be coming out hopefully pretty soon, I'm going to be diving into the mood changes associated with perimenopause. I can tell you listeners, spoiler alert. Some of these are pretty serious. But some of these are pretty entertaining. So I'm looking forward to doing this again with you ladies.
1: You
0: yeah. Until next time, bleed on. Bleed on. <laughs> yes, it's Perry. Yes, it's Perry. Yes, it's Perry menopause.